I'd like to thank Liquid IV for sponsoring this episode. Folks, you've heard me bang on about my own health and fitness journey the last year or so and how it's true that by looking after yourself, you just feel better. Staying hydrated is key to having the energy to get through your daily routine feeling good. That's where Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you may be missing in that daily routine. Eating and drinking healthy can sometimes be boring, but the range of flavours offered by Liquid IV takes care of that, with lemon and lime, pina colada and tropical punch among some of the best, though I'm particularly fond of the strawberry lemonade. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone, containing five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12 and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of premium sports drinks and its non g GMO and gluten-free, dairy and soya-free too. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code THATUFO at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code THATUFO at liquidiv.com. This is David Marler, UFO researcher, and you're listening to That UFO Podcast. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. I am joined on today's show by Executive Director of the Paradigm Research Group, a disclosure advocate and political activist. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast Stephen Bassett. Stephen, welcome. And it's good to be with you. It's good to have you on and it's been a fascinating year for the UFO subject and when we're talking disclosure and what may be on the horizon, there's no one better to get on than yourself. So very welcome timing. And I've got to start with your recent take, Stephen, on the briefing chaired by Senator Kirsten Gillibrand with Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, if you don't mind just sharing your thoughts with that to start off. Sure. Uh, This was a standard uh, briefing not a hearing, but a briefing, in which the head of the new Aero office, uh, All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which Dr. Kirkpatrick is the uh, executive director, and he's he's very, very competent. Uh, his background is is uh, excellent, and, 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 and he's a completely solid guy. And so I'm, I'm pleased that they chose him. Uh, and you can easily check out his bio online. Uh, he came in to report to uh, her about developments at Arrow. And the reason why it was her is that uh, Kirst, Senator Gillibrand was key to creating language in the National Defense Appropriations Act for 2023. Uh, no, 2020, the second one. 2022? Second one, yeah, yeah, 2022, uh, calling for a lot of things to happen over at DOD and what have you. So she's now following up, and she chose to do it by uh, holding a, a, a briefing for her subcommittee uh, in the armed services. She's on the intel committee, which is where she was, uh, from from that place is where she was putting language out there for that 2022 NDA bill. Uh, but she's also the the subcommittee uh, chairman uh, over in armed services. So uh, under that uh, role, she and two other um, senators uh, uh, brought uh, uh, Sean in and and they they chatted with him for a while. And he gave him an update on what's going on 
Uh, and it was all basically standard procedure. Uh, and I had no, I, I thought it was great. And I think a number of things came up that were significant. He used the term extraterrestrial, uh, which is good. Glad to hear that. And uh, uh, beyond that, there wasn't much more to expect. The problem, of course, is that there is so many people now that are really anxious about getting this information out. They know it's close. It's like, you know, it's like kids that that are uh, uh, on their way to Disneyland. Right. And, and they're starting to get close to it. And now they're driving their parents crazy. You know, they're all jumping around the car and bouncing around and wanting to get there. And if and are we there yet? Are we there yet? So it's kind of like that. And I understand that. But a little, this thing is moving forward now, and we're on our way, and a little patience is required, even though we have been waiting essentially 76 years to finally get the truth that was in the initial press release that was put out by, uh, uh, you know, Haught uh, with the approval of Blanchard, the head of the uh, RS Roswell facility, air, air, air facility. So uh, that's, that's my take on, on that uh, and, and also it showed that Gillibrand's commitment to this issue is not going away. She is embracing it pretty fully, which is also notable because she has presidential aspirations. She's run for president. I think she'll run again. Uh, so, wow. Imagine that. Someone who clearly has presidential aspirations now deep into this issue beyond anything that uh, Secretary Hillary Clinton uh, was into, you know, she, she never went anywhere. She, she was supportive of, of course she was the, she was, uh, just the first lady during the Clinton administration. Uh, but she certainly has stepped into the issue in 2016. Uh, and of course she has a strong connection with Podesta, but Gillibrand is way past that. I mean, she's creating legislation, she's holding briefings and she's thinking of running for president again. That tells you where this issue is. For those that are thinking now it's it's just another false uh, um, attempt to get something going and it's a drip drip or this and that. No, no, this is the end game of the truth embargo. We're, we're headed towards confirmation. This was the unclassified portion of the conversation that happened. There was a classified version of this that happened before. Have any of your sources or anyone close to you managed to get anything out of that as to how that section went? Because it's been very, very hush-hush from that. Classified, so no. Not supposed to be able to get it. Uh, I I can't recall if he gave a plas- classified briefing to her as well. I don't. Maybe he did. I mean, it's not unusual. Uh, there was beforehand, forward, yeah. yeah. Understand, get, 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 given the fact that this issue has been since 1947, the most classified issue in matter in the U.S. government, more classified than our nuclear weapons secrets or whatever military offense, defense secrets we've got. Um, it's number one. And so the idea that we can end the embargo, come out from that era of what are you talking about? There are no ETs. To, oh, yeah, there are. Uh, is all suddenly going to be done in a fully public way? No, no, no. It's going to be a combination of classified briefings and, and public briefings so that things can move forward and, and uh, the DOD can feel comfortable that the process is not going to endanger national security. And so uh, inappropriate 
things coming out that are classified, uh, there is going to be a concern. Uh, the fact is we don't need all that classified info. We already know there's extraterrestrials here. And so does most of the people, if not everybody involved in the damn thing on the Hill and over the DOD. We already know. So now it's just a matter of conducting the end of the embargo in a way that's responsible and doesn't cause any problems for others and people can be comfortable with it. And that's what's going on. And I'm perfectly content. Now, if they reverse course and suddenly go, you know, uh, we've been thinking about it and uh, there's really nothing there and we need to kind of direct our attentions elsewhere. Uh, then, of course, I will have more to say about that, but so will the entire Internet. I want to, I'm surprised that you... You said Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick impressed you. You, you, were, you, were, you were content with what he said. Others weren't so happy with his content. Former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defence for Intelligence, Christopher Mellon, was one of those who was a little bit scathing online afterwards. What impressed you about what Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick said? Well, it's not... It's, 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 what I'm saying is, is he, he answered the questions. He's, he's telling her what's going on, but... Uh, but people want more. They want more and they want it now. Now, Christopher Mellon is a smart guy, okay? Chris knows what's going on. <laughs> he knows this process and, and how it goes forward and, and why uh, Kirkpatrick was, was giving a little briefing to Kilobrand. But by, by going and it's publicly saying, well, I wasn't happy with that or or uh, why didn't he say this? That's just him keeping a little pressure on. See, Mellon knows a great deal. He has been involved in the briefings on the Hill, bringing people up there. His, he has been committed from day one. Uh, and day one, meaning when he finally turned up in our world in October of 2017, when uh, he, he came up on the stage with Tom DeLonge, and, and Jim Chemivan and, and Lou Elizondo and, and, and made his presentation as the, on the launch of Two Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. But I think from day one, Mellon's goal was to end the truth embargo. And, and so what he does is always in service to that. So if, if he is being somewhat critical of Kirkpatrick, I view that, okay, how is that helping to end the truth embargo? By keeping a little pressure on him, letting him know, okay, not too much. You know, I don't, I don't think he's teeing off on people. Hmm. He's just letting people know we're, we understand what's going on, but we expect more, we expect more. So that, that doesn't surprise me that he's, he's being critical uh, or uh, uh, giving him a little push. He's not the only one doing that. Uh, now, some people are radical about this. They, they absolutely want it now. And if they don't get it now, then whoever's involved is a deep state the operative working for the, uh, the Russia, whatever the hell. Right. And, and I, I can't I can't help that. Nothing I can do about that. I enjoyed your analogy, Stephen, on Jimmy Churchill, your bowling ball lane with the bumpers to help aid softly, softly disclosure and help people along the way with this. And, and it made me wonder, in a way, if we hear that potentially whistleblowers are already bypassing Dr. Kirkpatrick and going straight to members of Congress with testimony. Sure. Is that potentially a death blow for Kirkpatrick and an arrow as an organization, an entity? And is it, is it set up to fail in a way that something else can come along or someone else can come along that 
steers this more towards the ending of that truth embargo because just from the outside, I think a lot of people look at Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick as someone who is trying to obfuscate and may, you know, be that guy who tries to put the toothpaste back in the bottle. Well, that, no, no, that's not what's happening, right? I mean, the, the, this extreme, these extreme views need to be mollified. Mo, uh, mo, uh, uh, they need to be uh, mitigated. Uh, people are just too hyped up. I understand it. They've been waiting for years and years and years. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, but, but you, what you've noted is important. What's happening now, which is at a level never seen before, is that witnesses, not whistleblowers, they are not whistleblowers. And I'll say that over and over and over again. They're not whistleblowers. Uh, Edward uh, Snowden was a whistleblower. Hmm. Chelsea Manning was a whistleblower. And there have been others, and 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 guess you know, guess what happens with them, right? Uh, you cross that line, you end up living in Russia or going to jail. These men are not doing that. They're mostly men, almost all men. They're simply providing information, witness testimony about things that are going on. They're not whistleblowers, and so that's point number one. Point number two: what is happening is that a lot of the witnesses. Kevin Day being one very important example, but Ryan Graves and others, they're not just witnesses now. They, they've become activist witnesses. They are some of them, I think a couple of them have registered as lobbyists perhaps, and, and they're, <clears throat> they're going online. They're trying to recruit uh, people to get involved. Uh, Kevin Day right now is, is uh, trying to, using the internet to draw up a whole list of questions that, that need to be submitted to NASA, which is holding a a, a, a public briefing, uh, a meeting rather, on May 31 in order to take questions from the public. Uh, and so now you've got the witnesses becoming activists. It wasn't that long ago. There were no activists at all, essentially. And so this, this is not 1969, 79, 89, 99, 2009. We are so much further along. And so rather than look at well, this person is doing that, so and 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 someone else is not doing as much. And look, look at it as everyone is doing their part. Everyone is playing a part in moving this thing forward. And the idea that the formal government program being put together to uh, uh, get the public up to speed and get the president to a place where he can uh, confirm the ET presence is somehow got to be just the way we want it or just the way someone wants it or much more aggressive or this or that or anything else because we waited so long. What can I say? Uh, uh, activism is not about how mad can you get? How extreme can you get? Uh, it's about getting it done. It's about getting the goal. It's about achieving the prize. And in this case, that involves the government running through and going through processes that they should have done years ago, but didn't. And now they have to do it. And the fact that it's 76 years after they found out the ET presence does complicate it. There's no question. It makes it a little trickier. It makes the public relations issues tougher. Uh, but by and large, if you look at everything that's happening, it's moving along splendidly. 
It is. Uh, but look, I don't want to temper people's enthusiasm. But again, statement like the fact that some of the witnesses are becoming uh, uh, activists and, and making moves is going to kill off Arrow. No, it's not. Arrow is now the Defense Department's program cross-agency committee to address this issue. And guess what? When the president finally confirms the non-human intelligence presence and its te- and the accompanying technology, that's disclosure, capital D, right? Arrow will become even bigger and will be the entity that in terms of the DOD, that's going to now address what is now publicly acknowledged as true throughout the world. And so it will have far more to do post-disclosure than it has now, frankly, right? Because now it's kind of like a, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like, okay, Arrow was set up so over the next 25 years, we can study this phenomena to get a, you know, some sort of uh, resolution of it. Now, Arrow is set up so we can show the flag, do the right thing, so we can get this truth embargo over like soon, like this year, like this summer. But for those that are worried about the money being spent, it's not a lot, though Gillibrand's made it clear she wants more, so, so did Mark Warner. This is money well spent because everything that is being set up, public facing certainly, is going to be far more needed uh, and, and, and in use once we have that confirmation of the ET presence. So it's, it'll just slide right into the post-disclosure world, except it'll be operating in a new worldview, meaning the all-domain all, all anomaly uh, resolution office will be about helping us to know that such and such an event was not extraterrestrial. But that one was, and this one wasn't, right? And uh, whatever else is appropriate. Does that mean that Arrow is going to be the vehicle by which all the super secrets are going to be dumped out to the public? I I don't think so. I think those are going to come in other ways from other entities with the approval of the president and Congress. But it may play a role there. But again, I can't say this too often. We are winning. We are close to the end of the race. And I ask people to just kind of keep it cool. Don't hyperventilate. Be a little easy on each other. Right. But don't like Melon. Keep the pressure on. Right. But do it responsibly. I'd like to thank Laird Superfood for sponsoring this episode. My nutrition has changed a lot over the last year since I decided to look after myself a little bit more, not just for me, but my family too. One constant note is my coffee, and you'll know I'm a big coffee lover. It's not just part of my morning, but my daily routine. Laird Superfood and their creamers have been a bit of a game changer for me and taken my coffee game to a whole new level. It's the perfect way to not only fuel your morning, but your whole day with organic, natural, plant-based ingredients. And for me as a diabetic, there is no sugar from highly refined corn syrup. There's also a huge variety of snacks, baking mixes and protein options for you to try all made with plant-based ingredients to keep you charged for whatever life takes you. Are you ready to feel more energised, focused and supported? Go to lairdsuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunset to sunrise. Use promo code THATUFO at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. 
I think there's a lot of people who would take solace in your your positive outlook on this because many are wary, like you say, of of this going away. But like you have said, and like others have said, it's very, very far down the line. We're further than them have ever been in terms oh, of yeah. progress for true disclosure. Mm-hmm. Some people, and some of the kind of bigger names and influencers on this topic have talked a lot recently about important events still being a few years off in terms of kind of ET disclosure and people banding about different years like 2027 and such. And I wonder, you're you're thinking things could happen as quickly as this summer. And yeah, what do you think yeah. when you hear people talking about things still being years off? What can I say? They're welcome to their opinion. Trust me, nothing is guaranteed. As I've said many times, there's huge historical things. There's very significant things going on right now in the world uh, because of, as always, bad government and bad behavior on the part of uh, government and people. So we have an awful war in the Ukraine, uh, not some war in Africa between two groups or something, or uh, but but rather between uh, a, a, uh, a major nuclear power, Russia, and a... Uh, one of the most, a very important country, Ukraine, which wants to be part of NATO and all kinds of talks about tactical nukes. So yeah, really serious problem there is in addition, of course, there that we've just gone through a pandemic, which has helped create enormous stress on many countries, hundreds of millions, if not billions of people, uh, and uh, with potential economic consequences. So this is, we're in rough seas. And so, that could that could create a problem and delay this process. I hope it doesn't because, and as I will be lecturing at the Contact in the Desert uh, conference, big event coming up June two to four in Indian Wells, uh, Cal- California, just uh, south of Palm Springs. Big event, uh, contactinthedesert.com. Uh, I believe that disclosure may be the the doorway to. Uh, or the path will help get us to dealing with these issues. So in other words, what we don't want to do is let these problems, which are growing, delay disclosure. It, it could give us motivation to get it done because I think post-disclosure, some of these problems may be addressable. And by problems, I mean the threat of nuclear war, uh, the threat of chaos in, in, in nations, uprisings, uh, and, and so forth. Uh, massive border, you know, migrations of people across borders. All of this is in our near future, not just in the U.S., but elsewhere, because we've got too many people, not enough resources, and we're spending trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars on weapons of war, military bases, massive intelligence, and whatever, none of which helps feed, clothe, uh, or shelter anybody. Well, except I guess the military guys. I mean, it gives them a place to stay. So, um, um, my 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 projection is that more than enough has been done now to hold the hearings. Uh, NASA is is doing its thing May thirty one, where they're going to do uh, go even further with a public meeting. Going to take a lot of questions. So NASA is now fully on board. NASA understand is known about the ET presence since it was formed in 58. All right. And NASA is our space agency. NASA has been involved in classified, assisted our secret space program. I prefer to call it our classified space program, which has always been there. 
NASA's known about the ET presence, but NASA couldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Absolutely. Civilian Space Agency, under the 1958 Space Act, it cannot touch it without, without the Defense Department's approval, which it wasn't going to get. And so its job was explore space, but nothing to do with ETs. All right. And they've done that. But as you know, over the last two years, NASA has completely started moving in that direction, getting on record, getting on board, right? Bill Nelson has made strong statements. Bill Nelson is a former astronaut. And, and, and uh, they set up a group. Now they're going to have a meeting, talk about what that group is doing, take questions. In other words, when disclosure comes, and hopefully this year, NASA will be seen by the public as part of the solution. And it'll be a lot easier for NASA to answer the questions as the space agency, did you know about this before, you know, uh, this year? Yeah. Yeah, there were some, we, we knew. There were people in NASA and I need to know. But we couldn't deal with it. It wasn't, it wasn't, it, we were excluded based on national security principles. So this is, this is good. So NASA's on board. So that's May 31. Now, they've already interviewed a bunch of witnesses. We've had confirmation of that from multiple sources. So Arrow has interviewed a number of the top military witnesses. So they could testify tomorrow, right? And and uh, we have a number of members of Congress that are that are indicating they're going to have witnesses or have hearings, and so I think they're going to have them now. Why this summer? And and the reason for that is simple. They're facing two possible two options here. One is they somehow don't hold these hearings and get this done, meaning get disclosure from the president this summer. So we go into another awful, negative, controversial, uh, incredibly expensive presidential year election season. Or five, well, let's see, 435 reps and uh, approximately 33 or four senators are running, plus governors and state senators and everything else. Huge election in which the whole matter of is there an ET presence or not an ET presence is still unresolved. And most of them are probably staying away from it because they don't know anything. And if they're asked, you know, they're gonna fumble the questions. And in general, as these people campaign, the public is never gonna be able, it's not gonna be able to get any sensible answer from any of them or very few about their thinking about this. Meaning you know, uh, one of the most important, probably the most important issue in our planet today they're not going to be able to speak to it, but elect us anyway. You know, just, yeah, we want to elect us, right? Can't answer that, but elect us. This is, this is totally uh, uh, inappropriate and, and, and not helpful. On the other hand, if they can get disclosure done this summer, which would follow hearings pretty quickly, I think two weeks of hearings, I know the witnesses are going to testify. It's going to blow people's minds. The members of the Congress, their eyes are going to be the you know, size of saucers. And, and, and it sets the stage for the president to go, hey, looks clear to me, got an ET presence. Doesn't matter whether the president knew 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. What matters is what the president does now. So now the confirmation is, is taking place. Say it's, uh, I don't know, late July. All right. The, the primaries don't start until early next year, though the fundraising, God knows, is underway. But the real campaigning won't start until much later this year. But what does that mean? It means that every single person running for office in the United States in this presidential election year will know 
that the presence of non-human entities and technology is fact. It's confirmed. And a great deal of the history that has been dismissed but, but, but uh, sussed out by citizen science researchers for decade after decade, but then shoved aside by the mainstream, in fact, valid. And so they're going to have to get up to speed. They're going to have to read up and do a little studying, read a little Don Schmidt, read a little Stan Friedman, a little Richard Dolan, and so forth and so forth, and get up to speed on this issue. Because I assure you, and, and that includes contact, because... Uh, uh, once the confirmation is, is out there, it won't be long before the contact e phenomena, contact phenomena is going to be confirmed. So they're going to get up to speed. And as they go out and campaign, they can answer any question and they will get asked questions. What is your thinking about this? What, what do you think we should do? What should be our policies? What do you expect? And they can give the, the, the best answer they can without having to, to act stupid or act ignorant. Or, or, you know, uh, this makes for a healthy election in which, to the extent possible, we will know generally what these people know of, and, 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 and have learned. I mean, you know, have you taken the if some if a candidate post disclosure goes on the campaign trail and somebody says, "What's your thought about this extraterrestrial presence?" and their answer, "I haven't really thought about it." Don't vote for that person, right? For God's sakes. Uh, so there, there, we will get a full interaction between our aspiring political leaders and the public over this question. Healthy, appropriate, and the people that will get elected will be ones where we kind of know where they're coming from. Because we're going to need as much responsible leadership as possible in a post-disclosure world. Those are the two options. One is awful and the other is wonderful. And so on that basis, and given the fact that I know a lot of the people that are working for us up on the Hill and at the DOD are actually pretty smart, good people. They're not all evil, right? They're not all deep state conspiracists that are trying to undermine the world and kill off two thirds of the population. And so I think that they're going to understand what I've just said and understand, get this done this summer before the campaigns formally get underway late this year, but even in the early fall, whatever, just get it done before people have to start campaigning for president. Don't have this issue, which is now moving along at warp speed, still hanging in the air unresolved, right? Which means all the other conspiracy theories and side theories and crazy theories are also up there hanging in the air with them, which is a product of the truth embargo. We don't want that. It's time to get serious and get adult, uh, not only about this issue, but about our politics. Stephen, you've made some fascinating points there in a lot of different ways we could go off in the conversation. And you've been involved in this topic now for decades, okay, and done a lot of work at a time when we didn't have the internet or social media the way we do now, and you spearhead a lot of conversation. There's people just joining this conversation and topic in the last couple of weeks and months because of what they see on the mainstream news, what they see on social media, listening to podcasts, reading blogs, all of that kind of stuff as well. And they are hearing that there's going to be witnesses coming forward. They might hear whistleblowers. You say what they're witnesses, okay? That's that's witnesses. fine. Witnesses. witnesses. So I would ask you, can you tell someone new to this topic or who is still unsure what needs to be said or needs to happen 
in those hearings, that hasn't happened already. And to give you an example, we have seen David Fravor sitting on 60 Minutes with Alex Dietrich talking about the, the Nimitz Princeton event. And we've seen Ryan Graves talk about what he's seen. So some very credible people have talked about some incredible things and it still didn't cause, you know, disclosure. Not that that necessarily would, but what would. what big thing's going to happen at these hearings that is really going to change the president's mind? Well, you're going to hear a good deal of the testimony, which will come from military witnesses. I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be military witnesses, possibly some civilian contractors like a Steve Justice, maybe, but military witnesses, because this is being approached from the standpoint of national security implications, which is great. It's fine. It does have national security implications and is it totally appropriate to look at it that way. It's not all that's going on, but that is a comfortable and safe political way to approach this. Fine. What we're going to hear is a lot of what we already know, except we're going to hear it in a hearing by witnesses under oath. Lying, meaning penalty, perjury. And we're going to, and the, and the, and, and the, there will be some classified, I, I'm sure, testimony that will take place. But most of this testimony is going to be on camera being watched by people around the world. That's the difference. All right. So if you got 100 or 200 million people watching Bob Salas talk about the shutting down of nuclear missiles, that's not the same thing as Bob giving a press conference with uh, uh, Robert Hastings in 2010 that the press came to and then walked away and didn't do much. This is this is showtime. All right. The, 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 The curtain is going up on a huge stage. The audience is massive. All right. And so. What it's not that there's something else that's going to suddenly turn up, and and that may be the case that will go. Oh, oh, you 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 said that happened. Well, then, hey, we got to have this discussion. No, all they have to do is simply say under oath what we've already been hearing in various ways for years and years and years. That and the re- and 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 that is the reason why. For for since 1968. Every effort to get a hearing in Congress on this issue has been blocked. Period. And what's that? 55 years. Okay. People say, oh, no, no, no. We've had two hearings now. No, we haven't. Bray and Moultrie came up to give a briefing to Andre Carson's committee on progress with respect to the original program. They didn't take an oath, I don't believe. Pretty sure it could be wrong, but I don't think they did. Didn't need to. Kirkpatrick came and gave information to uh, to Gillibrand, and I, I, I don't think he took an oath. And and even if even if Moultrie and Bray did take an oath, and I'm going to check up on that. Again, that's not a hearing, really. Uh, it was a uh, a briefing. Questions were asked. What do you know, and so forth. Um, so. The, the last hearing we had that was a true hearing was 68. So the hearings that are coming will be really the first the first since then. And the, I think the 68 hearing, there were four witnesses and some outside testimony. There, there will be perhaps dozens uh, in the hearings that are coming. All right. And so it's what we have been trying to get for 50, uh, uh, 55 years. Is finally going to happen. That's a long time. 
And, and I assure you that everything leading up to this, the hearing in 66 that took place, which was spurred by, um, that might've been the one spurred by Ford over the Michigan sightings, or might've been 68. I think 66 was the one that Ford put together. I think it was, you know, four or five people. And then we're like four or five people or four people in the 68 hearing one day. That's it. It's all over. Right. Uh, almost. I, I don't know if there's even any film of either one of them that are there. It might've been filmed, but the, it's lost in the archives. It would be nice to get that footage. That's nothing compared to what's happening now. What's going to happen. Massive. All right. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm telling people we're winning. And this is going just fine, by and large. Uh, but it does need to get done this summer. You've mentioned the phrase post-disclosure world. And I just want to speculate for a moment. What does a sitting president do in terms of their very first acts? If it's President Joe Biden going on to the, the cameras of the world and he announces an AT presence, when those cameras turn off, what are the first things you, you expect to happen? Hmm. Oh, a lot's going to be happening. Uh, uh, first, let's see. I think in addition to confirming the extraterrestrial presence or the non-human intelligence presence, what do you want to call it? Uh, the president should make, should certainly assure the public that hearings, uh, more many more hearings will be held. Uh, as as the Congress and the American public get brought up to speed. In other words, whatever hearings have taken place prior to the confirmation, there will be more. Okay. And he needs to assure them that the administration is committed uh, to getting uh, whatever information can be brought to the public will be accurate. Uh, and he might indicate that some information is, is still going to remain classified. But we're going to try to keep that at a minimum, something like that. Uh, he may announce something like a new cabinet position is being set up, Secretary of Extraterrestrial Affairs or, or whatever. I thought you uh, might say that, yeah. Yeah, uh, but maybe not. But uh, the, the, the fundamentally, the president's job uh, really, at that, at the, the most important part of the president's job from the moment he steps in front of the podium to make the confirmation statement is to keep the public calm, show, show uh, uh, calm himself, um, and by all means be truthful. The, the, the awareness, almost hyper awareness, that the public is going to have with respect to this issue, certainly as it goes forward, but may spread to other issues of uh, truthfulness is going to be extreme. And so any efforts to, to misstate, uh, uh, misrepresent, confuse, are going to be not well received uh, because the, the number of people that are paying attention and the history of this issue screams, it's time to tell the truth. And anything but the truth is going to be viewed very badly. And so uh, that is one of the things the president is going to have to emphasize. 
meaning, okay, we're going to get you information. You're going to learn more and it's going to be the truth. We are, we're going to be as vigilant about that. Either you can't, we can't give, we can't inform you about this right now because it is still a classified national security matter. But what we will tell you will be the truth. It's going to be no more obfuscation. So these are the kinds of things. Uh, and then once, you know, and in the weeks and months to come, there will be hearings. There will be a, a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, I, it, I just, I can't even begin to describe all that will take place in the, in the weeks and months following the disclosure event, but it will be uh, uh, quite a show and uh, I can't wait for it. I'd like to thank Wongo Puzzles for sponsoring this episode. My house is filled with all sorts of jigsaws, shape games and puzzles. Definitely a favourite of the family. A very welcome addition to those has been Wongo Puzzles. If you're looking to try something new and exciting, then pick up a custom-designed, unique, handcrafted puzzle from Wongo Puzzles. It's the perfect balance of good fun and a challenge. Even the folks in Congress who couldn't work VLC Media Player during live UFO hearings would be able to give it a go. They are 100% wooden puzzles. They will last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. Personally, I'm a big fan of the snow globe puzzle. Gives you that all-year-round festive feeling, and you'll see what I mean if you pick that one up. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick up your puzzle today and be sure to use the promo code THATUFO to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code THATUFO to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. That one confirmation, I think, will be a huge sigh of relief for many, no, no less than yourself, and will spring up a million or a billion different questions off the back of it. And I wonder, at that point, is there still, and I don't know if you touched on it in a way there, is there still a danger of a new truth embargo coming out? Because while we then have a confirmation of an ET presence, a non-human intelligence, the what, the where, the who, the why, the when, the how many, all of that might not even have an answer yet. And do entities such as the Air Force who have tried to, to obfuscate this for many, many decades, do they try then control whatever truth they can in whatever way they can? Well, the president is the one that controls what can come out, ultimately. In other words, the president has the ability to pretty much ensure that whatever the president wants to come from the Air Force or the Navy or anybody else will happen. Uh, and in a post-disclosure situation, the public will give the president's substantial license in that regard. I mean, if you want to bring a hammer down on the Air Force, no problem with us, right? Uh, so, no, not another truth embargo. What you will see post-disclosure is a flow of information regarding this issue coming out of government sources which will be true uh, and people will be pretty impressed and uh, excited about it. It will be uh, profound. Uh, at the same time, the people will know that not everything can simply be revealed day two. It's not gonna happen that way. This thing is tied to national security. There are aspects of it. Um, 
There are deep classified uh, programs dealing with this issue that have been operating for decades. They're not just going to throw open the door and let the press in. There needs to be an orderly process in which we, where we are learning more and more over a reasonable period of time, a learning curve, as it were, as 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 as, as our government adjusts to the post-disclosure world, which they have had, they've known is coming, and they, they, there's a lot of effort, I'm sure, that's been conducted within the DoD. I don't know about the Department of State or other agencies, but certainly the DOD, they've been expecting this for a long time. I'm sure they've scoped it out and, and, and gamed it out many times. But it's also the truth. We're not, it's also the case that we're not the only government that's going to be revealing information. And so while we may not get something from the U.S. government, we may get it from France or the U.K. or Russia. Uh, this is not just a U.S. game. The ET presence is known to almost every advanced uh, te technological country in the world oddly enough. And so they are, they're going to be freed up. And to some degree, I think they'll be competing for attention, meaning, well, the United States won't tell you about this. We can come bring the cameras, okay, as the world leaders and countries vie to be part of this amazingly profound historical event, kind of vying for attention. And so that competition is going to probably help speed up this revealing process uh, one way or another in the months and years following disclosure a huge amount of information that has formerly been classified in government hands is going to be declassified and delivered to the American to the people of the world at some point the ET is going to step into this in my view and I put that at about two years meaning open contact and that's an old another thing right at that point Lord knows where things will go after that. But that's the kind of thing that I expect and what keeps me uh, excited and engaged. I, I believe, and I've said countless times, I believe disclosure, what we call disclosure, self-acknowledgement, formally, heads of state to ourselves, not some Independence Day ship hanging over New York, uh, is the doorway and essential to getting to open contact. And open contact, as far as I'm concerned, post-disclosure could happen any time, but probably a, a, a reasonable amount of time to get comfortable and used to and educated about this issue on the part of uh, the nations of this planet and people, uh, citizens of those nations uh, should happen. And I've always said, I think about two years is more than enough, uh, given modern communications and tech that we have. Obviously, if we're talking 18 uh, uh, 23 and not, not uh, the 2023 and 1923 and not 2023, that learning curve might be a hell of a lot longer. But now, no, 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 the Galactic Federation, right? Or whatever <laughs> ETs call it, right? And sure. there, and it may not be a galactic. It could just be kind of a regional thing. You know? so there's a lot of stars in in this galaxy, uh, and the number of civilizations may ultimately just be 
mind blowing, but so it could just be a group kind of in our zone, you know, about eight or nine or 10 or 12 or 20. And they, uh, they have kind of an understanding and they work together. So whatever the hell you want to call it, that open contact could then be the, the next step to that being involved in that because we are inner, we are inner, we are a space bearing civilization now approaching interstellar capability. Hey, don't blame me. Our, you know, our physicists are working real hard to get there and they're making progress. So if there is a way around relativity, we are going to figure it out. But, and, and there's a lot of other technologies that we're starting to figure out. Uh, but we're, we're really not, ha- we don't have the emotional IQ to deal with. Them. And so we're creating all this really amazing new uh, tech and new concepts without considering the impact it's going to have on civilization. Uh, obviously, the, the recent one is AI. Mm. Uh, we, we, are, we are kids playing in a minefield, running around right, in a minefield, just jumping up and down, all excited. Uh, we, we, we are, we're, not being, we're not being responsible. And so whether it's AI or, or whether it's uh, massive use of, of, of uh, social media and communications by seven-year-old kids or, or the uh, genetic uh, developments that we're getting into, which allow us to really get involved in genetic manipulations, all of the nightmares of our science fiction are literally right on the horizon. And we're going, well, you know, collateral damage, you got to break some eggs. No. And and I've I've said a few times, uh, if I was president of the United States and I thought, you know, and and, and I I think Biden would be brilliant if he did this. uh, We need immediately two new cabinet positions. Uh, One would be a secretary of peace. We need a Department of Peace in this country with a secretary of peace that has cabinet level position. Hell, they could just go up over down to the State Department, cross over to the, the U.S. Uh, Institute of Peace and just buy it and make that the department. Uh, we need someone at the cabinet level constantly advising the president on everything possible to uh, move it to the direction of peace as opposed to war. Uh, and we need a secretary of scientific and technology ethics. Absolutely. We need a state department, we need a department level, cabinet level department on science and technology ethics to advise Congress and the president on the ethical implications of the technology we're creating. This, this would be a bold move and I think get a lot of attention because if we do not start applying ethics and morality to the technology that we create, uh, and and could, which might actually expand, uh, if if uh, we get disclosure, we get confirmation of ET presence, where other tech suddenly emerge out of nowhere. Oh, we didn't know that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be the victims of our own science fiction. Right? All this AI stuff, everything, and I'm thinking, did anybody involved in the development of AI watch the Terminator series? I mean, am I the only one? I mean, did they did they miss that? Right. But they, do they know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is? Did they watch those movies? Apparently not. It's like, hey, what could go wrong? So this is these are the kinds of things that uh, I think about. 
and just a just a just a tiny part of the the issues that will be in play in a post disclosure world, which hopefully arrives by Christmas. I just wonder you you give a a wonderful time scale of around two years to potential open contact and. Mm-hmm. To bridge that gap of that two years, say, for example, Biden makes the address on a Friday afternoon and the world gets the weekend to kind of soak in that information that, okay, we've had the confirmation, we're not alone. Everyone goes back to work, don't they, the following week and schools open, football games happen, Mm -hmm. concerts still go on. And we Mm -hmm. have a two year period of adapting. And you mentioned a potential steady release of information various confirmations, further hearings, here's what's happened, here's the here's the truth, here's some of the falsehoods. But I wonder, how do you feel at that point that contact comes about? Is it just those groups, those entities, species are aware of us already and it's, it's kind of mutually agreed? Or do you think there's still room there for we go looking with the James Webb, for example, NASA gets involved and tells us, actually, there's something on this planet here and we know what it is. Have you thought about that? Sure. I mean, you know, I, I have the slightest interest in whether the Webb telescope can determine that there's life on another planet or SETI gets a signal, right? If SETI gets a signal, it, it, it probably took, it might have taken a thousand years to get here, right? So what? I mean, again, the, the ETs are already here. They've been in the bedrooms of a lot of people on this planet, maybe millions, right? Want the direct contact. I mean, how, how much more engaged can you get than that, at least on a personal level? They're already here. Okay, so that, that helps. Once you get that, and, and I'm not expecting any everybody to get that uh, because the, uh, for a lot of people, that's just too far and they don't, they don't want to get into it. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, I've talked, I, I know enough about contact to know it's absolutely true. So the ETs are already engaging us. They're already over here. So in terms of finding signals in space, all I can say is I'm not, let me put it this way. I understand why they're looking for signals in space. What bothers me is that the amount of money that's been spent doing that, when the ETs are literally in your backyard, money that could have been spent on other things, that bothers me a little bit. It also bothers me that some of the people that are looking for signals in space know there's an ET presence, but they don't get paid to go into that area. And besides, that area is controversial. You go there, eh, you're not going to get paid. And eh, you might get you might get criticized. We're looking for signals in space. It's totally cool. And so they get paid nicely to do that. That irritates me a little bit. And what really irritates me is when people that are looking for signals in space troll or how would you say throw shade on the uh, citizen science researchers that have been doing the work in the public sector, the government wouldn't do at great, at great cost to themselves under ridicule, skeptics. That really irritates me. Uh, I try not to get too upset by that. There've been a few times in the last 25 years when I did get upset, but as injustices go, it's not that bad. When you look at, if you're an activist and you're looking at the world and the injustices that are taking place and the awful things that are being done, for me to get overwrought about the fact that people looking for signals in space uh, while the ETs are literally here already, not exactly high on the list of injustices. So I'm trying to chill. (laughs) 
try to chill on that, you know, just accept it. It's okay. Right. So what? All right. The, the one thing that SETI and some of these programs have done, and even the new ones that are being set up, they do make it, it's, it's easier for a lot of people to embrace that and, and pay attention to that than actually paying attention to, you know, the evidence for an ET presence. All right. So in a sense, it's getting them closer to the issue. And so one thing the SETI program has done is, is certainly really educated people all around the world to the prospect that contact of uh, that type could happen. And if it does, it means there's other civilizations out there. But safe. I mean, they're way far away. All right. But still, it brings them into the room. All right. So in that sense, it has served a positive, you know, it's a positive thing. But you could see, again, not not that there isn't a lot of this in our in our culture right now, but but it's crazy when something is going on and people are doing something and you know that they already know something else and, and call it hypocrisy, call it cognizant dissidence, it just kind of drives you nuts. You know what I'm saying? When a politician gets up there and, and rails about somebody having an affair and it's known that that person has had an affair, it just drives you crazy, doesn't it? it, it just, that's nature, all right? That's just human nature, okay? I, I, I think I need to chill more. Um, I, I know that the SETI program will be reviewed extensively and people will kind of want, did anybody in the SETI program know that uh, they were already here already or or uh, 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 other programs that will be will be viewed that way, and and you know they'll 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 have various responses to that. Ultimately, everybody will 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 uh, use the national security argument, meaning I did this, I didn't say that. National security, national security, national security. I get it. Uh, national security justifies a whole lot of stuff far worse than being not having to be mendacious about what you know on the et issue so again try to be cool oh steven as we wrap up because you've been very generous with your time i normally finish with some listener questions but i want to ask you about a couple of questions you might have blue sky thinking we get that confirmation day this summer and joe biden comes to you and says steven your work over the last few decades hasn't gone unnoticed you know some incredible work and i just want to give you first dibs on a couple of questions you know what does Stephen Bassett want to know first have you got one maybe two questions that right at the top of your head you would need to get the answer to if you could get it there and then <laughs> um well look I the the, the, the I have well these are the key things that I think most people will want to know uh first of all uh I want to know whether there is technology sequestered within the United States government's facilities and or contractor facilities, which could be of great help to uh, the human race in dealing with its mounting problems that is sequestered because the truth embargo would be jeopardized if it was put into use. Okay. In other words, it'd be great if we could give this to you guys, but we can't because if we did, you'd kind of know that the ETs are here and that's still the embargo, right? Uh, so that's one of the key questions. Uh, 
Another question is, do you, does the government have any formal relationship with these ETs already? Has there been any formal relations, any deal struck, whatever treaties? Uh, I don't think so, but that's a good question. Have you done that? All right. Um, Another question is, have you been involved in the contact world? In other words, have you in any way, uh, how would you say, created scenarios to simulate contact with, with, with citizens of the country in order to get information, which would be un, unpleasant, but I, I want to know that. And, I, and by the way, it doesn't mean that this is day one questions. Right? These are the questions, that I, but I understand that you're not going to necessarily ask that question on day one, day two, day, but, but these are the three things that I'd like to know about. Um, and the rest of my those are those are this th- those are three you know, near the top, uh, uh, but the key questions I want is for the ETs themselves. <laughs> In other words, my my question my my thing would be okay. Uh, here's what I'd like you to ask the ETs if there's open contact in two years, Mr. President. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one, uh, how long have they been gauging the planet? It is the is the ancient in the ancient contacts that seem clearly to have happened happen uh and how much information can we get about the the the, the way we've been engaged in the past and, and so forth two uh how of course i think i know the answer but why did you turn off our nuclear weapons in repeated instances right what was the point of that um uh, and 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 uh, why the crop circles? Kind of curious to know that. Why why the crop circles? And what did you do with all the cow's blood? Kind of like to ask that question too. <laughs> kind of curious about that. Uh, and then ultimately, again, these are questions that are going to have to be asked with ETs, I think. Uh, and this would be open contact. And by the way, these are tough questions. In other words, if I'm if I'm the ETs. And I'm going to, and it's a post-disclosure world, and we're going to do open contact. I would be hiring a public relations firm myself. I would, you know, get one of the top firms, maybe in every major country, because they got some tough questions to answer as well. Okay. Uh, Like, uh, what's the deal with hybrid children? Why are you creating hybrids? Where are they? Okay. These are pretty cool questions. And then, you you know, do, do you have really cool GoCo, GoPro cameras that you've been using for the last, I don't know, millions of years, or at least ha, has there been a record of, 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 of our planet going back, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of years that you happen to have on file that we could look at? <laughs> could we see our past? Have you been recording anything? Uh, can I download it? Uh, is it searchable? I mean, I mean, just imagine that. I mean, we, we, it seems ridiculous, but guess what? Uh, that's what we do now. And a thousand years from now, if you want to come back and research the 21st century, believe me, barring a nuclear war, a massive impact by a, by a comet, there it's all going to be. And you can literally come back and look at the 21st century in granular detail. A lot of stuff, of course, you would probably want to avoid. Imagine if you could do that for the Civil War or the fall of Rome. Or you know, the, 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 whatever the hell happened to Gobekli Tepe, go, 
Yeah, I think I got it right. Go back yeah, to yeah. Tepe. Uh, imagine if that was available. It could be because they got the tech, right? Did they record? These are, these are some of the questions that for for them and and uh, and what have you. But I, I'm sure. But I ultimately I have a thousand questions, but so does everybody else. And so it's going to be a lot of competition <laughs> in getting getting the questions up. You know, it's like one. It's like you know. It's like you have one of these events where there's like ten thousand people in the audience and. Say, does anybody have a question for the, for our guest tonight? You know, the chances of getting your question is you know very very low. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the, this is just a glimpse of some of the things that might come up. Uh, I know it sounds crazy to some people, but it actually is totally logical. Well, I, I honestly believe you'd be very well deserving of being close to the front of the queue for those questions, anyway, Stephen, for the work yeah, you've done over the okay. the decades and continue to do. Um, just to finish up, your website does say you're soon to be part of a new project based out of California. Is that something you're any place to talk about yet? Can't I can't talk about that yet. Uh, it's been in various stages of development. Uh, I hopefully be able to announce something soon. Uh, but I do want to reemphasize this very important conference coming up, Contact in the Desert uh, in Indian Wells. Uh, uh, it's going to be quite an event and and there have been seven before uh and this one is uh coming out of the pandemic so it's uh it's going to take a while to get back up to the massive turnouts they had but it's going to be in the big numbers and then also i want to mention that i'm on i'm going to be speaking at another even bigger event uh in in uh, november called stairway to the stars which is uh, a new event by the disclosure Fest Foundation, which is actually a very uh, a big nonprofit o- operation. They are, I believe, I, my understanding is they're booking the entire Luxor Hotel for this event. That's 4,000 rooms. And of course, all the conference space. How much bigger than that can you get, right? And that's November 10. And then in December, about the same time, and all this is up on my website, I'm going to be speaking at a, 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 a major conference in Mexico City, the World Ufology Conference. There have been a number of these. This is a new group that have been holding these events. They're, they're, don't, they're, they're very well done and growing. And this one in Mexico City is going to be very large. And given what could happen between now and November and December, anything along the lines that I've been talking about, I can't even imagine how big they will be, how excited, excited things will be, how intense things will be. I mean, it will be a, it was already planned, already happening, and then something major breaks on this issue. There are going to be massive celebrations in Mexico City in the Luxor Hotel as people are running around, you know, talking about stories and, you know, trying to get everybody's views on what's going on and what do you think? And my God, we got disclosure and probably too many people drinking too much. Uh, that that could be cool. So uh, if, uh, all these are on my website, paradigmresearchgroup.org. Go under resources, go to conferences upcoming, and you can see all the events coming up. And also I have a page where, you know, under about that says where I'm speaking, including my interviews. And on my website, you can uh, go to subscription and subscribe to the free updates that I, I send out periodically to my list, get on my list. Um, and, and also, please, uh, uh, follow me on Twitter if you can. Paradigm Research Group or at Steve Bassett. Either way, uh, I, I accept all Twitter follow. Uh, 
you can't have too big a Twitter following. That's just the way it is in the modern world. I'm not on TikTok. Don't expect to be, but uh, definitely on Twitter. So uh, uh, that's uh, that's the latest. Awesome. And you'll find all of those links in the description to the podcast below as well. Um, so you can just click on those to follow Stephen. Stephen, always wonderful speaking to you. And I hope Thank even you. a small part of what we've talked about comes true in the following months. Uh, let's let's hope this is the year, my friend. Uh, and, 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 and anytime you need me, you give me a call. Come on. That is all for this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. Apple and Spotify do make a huge difference to the algorithm. If you're checking the show on YouTube, please don't forget to like and leave a comment on here as well. Any sharing you do is very much appreciated on any social media platform. And finally, you can listen to shows ad-free and sponsor-free in their glorious full versions by subscribing for less than the price of a coffee on Apple, Spotify, just search That UFO Podcast Premium, YouTube, you can sign up and be a member, or you can do that through patreon.com. Thank you very much for listening, folks. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Folk. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little I'd like to thank Cure Hydration for sponsoring this episode. In our fast-paced, frantic daily lives, we can often forget to look after ourselves as well as we should. Simple things like staying hydrated can be forgotten. I know this as well as anyone. Even mild dehydration can cause headaches, muscle weakness and brain fog. Sound familiar? Yeah. But there is a solution cure. Whether you're in a call centre and sat at a desk all day or off to meet your friends at the gym for a workout, staying properly hydrated is key to performing and feeling your best. Cure is the ideal solution to on-the-go hydration. The packets are convenient and easy to use. Just mix with water and drink. They're perfect for on-the-go travel or anything you need a quick and effective hydration boost for. It's made with completely natural ingredients, is vegan and gluten-free and non-GMO, making it a great option for anyone with dietary restrictions or preferences. I love the fact it's zero grams of sugar and only 25 calories per sachet as well. So, ready to combat dehydration? Try Cure today and feel the difference for yourself. Use code THATUFO for 20% off your order.